This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, we do a, a self-scout every three games, and we have to find out, you know, where are we deficient? Where are we not living up to our standard, our culture, and how can we improve? On today's podcast, we get unique perspectives on the midseason self-scout, providing insight into the calls we move forward with, as well as what we need to do to keep our culture at the heart of our team's performance. First, we get the perspective of an analyst from Oregon analyst Dante Barti. He gives us four aspects to look at the data and take action on moving forward. Then we take a look at how we can also self-scout the culture of our units and team. Utah defensive coordinator Morgan Scally shares his methodology and the reasoning behind it. Putting these two aspects of evaluating your team's performance to this point can provide you actionable data to give your team an optimal chance for success in the second half of the season. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, 
premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Rays has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalrays.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. First up is Dante Barti, who's a defensive analyst at Oregon. He talks about his methodical approach to looking at the self-scout data to determine how your plans have worked out and where to go next. He shares his four steps to this approach. Okay, so self-scout becomes really important to do very consistently, but the self-scout can't just be in relation to the calls that you're calling. It has to be in relationship to the, the efficiency of those calls. And then it's based upon how often you run them. If you call the call three times and it's the middle of the year and you expected in fall camp that you were going to call this call a bunch of times, like 50 times. And so you wrecked it 55,000 times in fall camp and then you wrecked it throughout the year. And you found it was called it three times. You have to evaluate the performance of that call. You got to evaluate the value of that call. Does that call have as much value as you thought it did? Because if it doesn't, don't use it. If it's for a specific team, you know the call exists for that opponent. So that's why it's important, like I talked about in the front end, to compartmentalize how we're practicing those calls and evaluating in the summer and in fall camp what calls matter for what reasons. If I know that I'm going to play an air raid team week six or seven, and I know I have specific calls for that air raid team, then when I do my self-scout, that shouldn't be a factor in the performance of my call sheet because we either haven't called them yet or those calls are for a specific purpose and we haven't played them but your base calls you have to evaluate the win loss percentage in relation to how much you're practicing them because that's the only way you can evaluate your performance if you thought you were going to play a bunch of split safety defense and you practiced it a ton because you liked it and then you look at your your call sheet and you look at how much you've called split safety defense and it's less than 50% of what you're calling. That's either a bad call or you need to reevaluate the performance of those split safety reps. If the split safety reps are having a high win loss percentage, so you have a high win percentage in those reps, you probably need to call it more. The trend says, call it more, do it more. But if the trend says I practiced it a lot, I haven't called it a lot. And when I've called it, it hasn't worked like I thought it would. We either need to take it out or evaluate when we're using it. So when we do self-scout, we have to give context to those numbers. And we do so by evaluating how much we practice something in relation to how much we call it, and then the efficiency of what we're calling in-game. And sometimes that'll help you as a defensive coordinator, a lot of times, as a defense or an offensive coordinator, really evaluate your performance in an honest manner, your own performance. Because we get these ideas in our head or we, like, we hold on to certain data points, certain times. We think in our mind, oh, I remember I made this call and it worked great. And then you realize you called it twice and it's week eight. So you either need to call it more or you need to evaluate the performance of the call in relation to how much you practice it. So that's really important when it comes to self-scout. The other thing I would say it's really important when it comes to, to mid-season self-scout is don't inundate yourself with information. And I know I have said this at every step of the, the turn, but there are a lot of places where they get too much info and they don't know what to do with it. And so mid-season sales scout is to evaluate your performance and evaluate your call sheet. It should not be about adding calls. Let me say that again. It should not be about 
adding calls. You shouldn't be saying midseason, we need to add calls. It's do I subtract from my call sheet that already exists or do I call something more often? The last thing would be, what do I think the offense is thinking? Or what do I think the defense is thinking? And then how do I dress up whatever I know I call a lot in a different way? That doesn't mean a new call. That might mean on offense, a new formation, a new motion, a new shift, a new presentation. But it doesn't mean a new play. It doesn't mean I just all of a sudden run a new pressure. That's the evaluation process that should be happening in fall camp and in the summer. But it does mean that I might show a different disguise. It does mean I might stem to it. It may mean we need to work on our pre-snap eye control and mechanics to get to that call so that we look different but do the same things, make the same things look different, different things look the same. That becomes super important. That's how you think in the mind of the opposite side of the ball. We are still doing what you have done all year long. If you're putting in new stuff, in my personal opinion, unless it's specific, like game plan specific to a specific opponent, which you should have done in fall camp, you're not giving your players the best chance for success. Because if you're constantly rewiring your defense, you're rewiring your offense, the kids get no continuity. There's no security in knowing what to do and how to do it. They don't, quote unquote, play fast. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com slash demo and mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Morgan Scally is in his 16th year overall as an assistant at Utah in his eighth season as the defensive coordinator. He's instilled the culture and identity of the Utah defense known as RSNB, standing for Relentless, Smart, Nasty Ballhawks. To live that culture, he understands that they must constantly be performing in line with the behaviors that exhibit RSNB, and he shares both how he thinks about it and how he's evolved into this process that is heavily influenced by the work of Tim Kite. The first thing that we address after every game is what is our culture and are we behaving that way, right? So if you ask anyone on our defense, what is your culture? They'll say relentless, smart, nasty, Bullhawks, RSNB. And we de- kind of define what, that, what relentless looks like, what smart looks like, what is nasty, and, and what is being a ball hawk. We have our specific defensive goals, you know, 3.3 yards per carry. Give up 16 first downs a game. We wanted to hold teams to 32% on third down. Give up 45% touchdowns in the red zone. All these different goals that you set. And, you know, we do a a self-scout every three games. 
and we have to find out, you know, where are we deficient? Where are we not living up to our standard, our culture, and how can we improve, right? And is it in, is it in tackling? Is it in the fact that we're not taking advantage of, you know, takeaways? Where is it that we're deficient? Uh, I would say earlier on the season, last season, we were not good enough in the run up front, front seven. We just weren't good enough. And man, did we turn that around fairly quickly in the second half of the season. But I think it's, it's understanding who you are, believing in it. And, you know, if you're not living it, why? What are the issues? How can we fix them? And uh, how can we refocus, restructure practice uh, to work on those deficiencies? And one thing that we do after every game is we have our culture clips, clips where we're, we're shouting out, loving up guys for, for living the culture, the behavior that we're looking for, and then stuff that we need to clean up, stuff that isn't our culture, whether it be a, a stupid penalty, whether it be, you know, we're not firm enough, we're not stout enough, we're not physical enough here in the run game, we're not taking advantage of, of opportunities to get the ball back to our offense whatever it is, we got to be able to show where, where we're deficient. And if we don't provide that feedback constantly, in my opinion, you lose opportunities to right the ship quickly. I love that as culture really is the anchor point of everything you do. And, you know, I've made the mistakes myself as a coach and going through the season, you, you hit the season and especially looking post game, trying to figure things out. You know, you're going to the numbers, you're looking at the techniques, you're looking at the scheme, all very technical in the focus, but you guys started with culture. Is that something you've always done or is, or is that something you've evolved to? I've always been interested in leadership, just read a ton on leadership. And my second year as a coordinator, I listened to a podcast by Tim Kite, and it was a, a, a keynote address he gave to a bunch of business people while he, I think it was the year after Ohio state had won the national championship. And it, you know, his view, his talking points on leadership were simple. They made sense and I completely bought in. So, I mean, you come look at, at what we do on the defensive side of the ball. A lot of the sayings, a lot of things that we have, there are all from Tim kite. What was funny is we played USC in the championship game this past season. I look over on the, USC sideline as we're as we're getting ready for the game and there's Tim Kite dressed in USC gear. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. But it was you know, it's 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 something that our guys have completely bought into. We've kind of made it our own and, and, and done a, a few things differently. But man is culture the driving force of everything that you do and it's not just stuff that you know, is, is plastered on walls. It's something that, again, it's culture is what you believe, what you behave, and it's the experience that's delivered to your players through that behavior. And if the experience isn't great, don't expect the behavior that you're looking for. The experience has to be awesome. And for us, it's been great. It's been a couple of championships in a row, and our guys understand what wins football games, what loses football games, and we have a lot of fun doing it. And so, yeah, culture is, is something that you better practice every day. You better promote it when you see it and call it out when it's not there. You, you got to call out counterculture when you see it. And it's the players that have to be able to, to call it out and live the culture as well. And they see the benefit 
of what we're doing. So it's the driving force, you bet, in everything we do. Spell those behaviors out. You know, what is what does relentless look like, you know, and and they they need to see it. You know, so much of this generation is a see and feel generation and, and you gotta be able to show them exactly what you know, what is smart. Smart is situationally intelligent, it's mentally tough, it's aware of what you're putting into your body, it's being resilient and it's being a technician. And and so we spend all our off season kind of just grilling into our guys exactly what our culture is and what it is not. And our coaches have been at it a while. We've got a great staff here that uh, has completely bought into to our way of doing things. And Kyle Whittingham sets the culture, and, and that's how it goes. I imagine then, too, that because your guys are living, especially those guys have been with you for a while, I mean, it really becomes a, a player-led effort. They can see the behaviors in right or wrong, too, and point those out before it even gets to you. No question. And what, what's interesting and fun is when you're reading up on maybe an interview that a player did or, you know, you're reading an, an article that, that uh, they've done a story on one of your players and, and the language, you know, owning your 20 square feet, all the different things, all the sayings that we have, they're saying, right? And they believe in it. So that's when it's fun is when you, you can see that they've completely bought into our culture, the RSNB culture. While we put the spotlight on the defense today, approaching yourself, Scout, from these two perspectives applies to all sides of the ball. This gives you a good balance of both scheme and culture, and both of those rely on each other for a team to be successful. Keep tuning in off season long for perspective like that shared by today's guests. The entire catalog of our season series can be found on your favorite podcast app and on coachingcoordinator.com. <laughs>